even if they wanted to see Jesus, couldn't get to Jesus without the help of the elders. It was because of those who brought them and their intentional act to bring those children, help them to be Jesus. The children could not have done it by their own. Dear friends, faith is not a biological thing. It is a bio not a biological thought. It is purely given. And we need to instruct the truth to our children and to the coming generations. As Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 7 says, You shall teach your children diligently my commands and shall talk to them about them, about these commandments. So it is uh, not a biological faith transition. If father is believer, the son or daughter may not be and need not be a believer. The adults brought their children because of what they desired from this. They themselves wanted to see Jesus and they themselves wanted their children to be blessed by the Lord. It's what they want to be uh, to, for the children in their care and uh, in their care to experience. They wanted their children to encounter Jesus and to be blessed by the Lord. Where can we encounter Jesus? In our worship? In our prayers? Through the prayers? Through the preaching of the word? Through the breaking of the bread? Through the fellowship and the liturgy, we encounter the loving Savior. Yes, in our lives, our daily coming and going, the ins and the outs, the ups and the downs, and in our responses to life situations, we encounter Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let our children watch and adhere to the spiritual practices of their parents and elders. I thank God that our congregation here and all the children are attending the worship service. Sadly, many parents, in order to save time or to avoid disturbances or for convenience sake, are reluctant to bring their kids to worship and for fellowship. Here we learn from the gospel passage that elders purposefully brought their kids to Jesus along with them. Is this our priority of our lives? Our homes and our church are the places where faith is mostly discovered, grasped, lived and practiced. Many people are indifferent towards the spiritual well-being of their children. I have heard many parents say, oh, when they grow, they will find the way for themselves. There are many ways in this world, dear friends. But let me tell you that let our children find the true way, the only way who is Jesus Christ our Lord. So inculcate kingdom values on our generations. The second thought I would like to share is to inherit the kingdom values. Inherit the kingdom values. 
In Luke chapter 18, verse 18, we see a certain ruler asking Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This person, if we find him in all the Gospels together, is a young man, is also a leader, a rich man, a ruler having authority. He is a leader or an official. He must be a person entrusted with governance in the synagogue, a ruler, a respected person in the community. He is now coming to Jesus, the rabbi, the ordinary man, and kneeling down before him. And he is kneeling before Jesus with a burning question in his heart. How can I inherit the kingdom of God? Usually the wealthy people and those who have authority can easily attain any higher goals with their own influence and power. So this young man who was so rich desiring to inherit the life which he which is imperishable. He already has and he holds the thing that all the things of the world every amenities of life, every authority he has. But he still wants something which is uh, not easily available and accurate. He approaches the one who authentic, authentically talks about God's kingdom, it is imperishable. And he wanted to know how it should be and how it is and how to acquire and to obtain it. He asked Jesus, what must he do to inherit the kingdom? He believes in doing things, doing deeds of benevolence. He considers that the eternal life is something that could be earned by what we do. Yes, dear friends, many people still believe that they go to heaven if they do good and will go to hell if they do bad things. The young man addresses Jesus as good teacher. Jesus now rebukes him concerning his careless address. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. Apparently, it means that unless, young man, you are fully aware of the standards of Christ, who is God himself, you cannot address him as good, which is ascribed to God alone. If you are really understanding and admiring this guru, this rabbi as your God, or the one God sent for your salvation, for your happiness and joy, you may address me as good. Jesus probably wanted to teach this young man that relative standards of goodness are much different than God's absolute goodness. God's standards of righteousness is far more beyond one's imagination. Jesus is calling the young man to reflect on. 
his words. Jesus is trying to prompt him to reflect on who Jesus is. This rich young ruler is hungry for spiritual guidance, but he needs to abandon some dangerous presuppositions about his state, his own state before God. In order to understand any further truth, Jesus reminds him of the keeping of the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. He replied, all these I have kept since my childhood, when I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Though the young man has kept the commandments, he still senses a lack and incompleteness in his spiritual life. Jesus said to him, sell everything and give the proceeds to the poor. This was a heavy blow to his impression of gaining the eternal happiness by the way he lives. James 1.27 says, Religion that God the Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You know why the young man left the feet of Jesus sad and unwilling to change his life? We have, we all have idols in our lives. Purposely Jesus was missing the first, first few commandments that you shall love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. We never see Jesus uh, telling this to him, reminding him. He was only pointing out to the other commandments where he could relate to the people. So, in the spiritual area of his heart, he was worshipping something else. And he had an idol. An idol can be anything that we give priority than God in his kingdom values and his kingdom values. This man was immensely rich that the love of money have outrun his love of God. You know how the love of money and the material benefits can corrupt a believer? The truth is that money itself has a way of polluting us. That is tempting us to compromise our values in order to gain and retain. As 1 Timothy 6.10 reminds us, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money, however, is the only thing that Jesus asked the young man to give up. Everything else is alright. But something you have kept in your mind as idol. Removing the place of God, the Creator, the one who loves you, and Jesus loved you. He looked at that man and he loved him. Also, the readiness to give up possessions 
and uh, all what money can buy, the power, the influence, and the amenities of life, money must either be controlled or it will control us. Jesus concludes with, with two commands. As he was about to go, Jesus only said to him, Come and follow. This is the characteristic words of discipleship. Jesus looked at this man and loved him. I think he is inviting the rich man to join him on his journey to become one of his disciples who enjoy the immense and unspeakable privilege of spending time with Jesus and learning from him on a day-by-day -day basis. And that's how we inherit the eternal kingdom. It's not by doing it. It's not by doing deeds of benevolence and we think that we enter the kingdom. But it is in accepting and adoring the one who is worthy to be worshipped and glorified. And he will ask us to follow him and find what he does in this world to the poor and the needy and the marginalized. That should be our true worship and that should be our true religion. Let these words help us to inculcate kingdom values on generations and especially on our families and also to inherit the kingdom values in our lives. May God bless us all. Amen.